Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I appreciate you so much. I'm so excited every time we get together to be together on the radio, on a podcast, on a website, wherever you might have found me. I mean, if we could meet in person and give each other great big hugs, well, of course that would be perfect. But in the meantime, let's share together. Let's thrive together. Let's do all of the things that we always have wanted to do with one another in a good way to help build, lift up, and encourage each other. I have a question for you today. Are you shatterproof? Are you, is your life shatterproof? I love that word. You know, actually it was one of my guests that's going to be featured on the show today. They used it in their introduction of themselves. And, and frankly, I was like, mm, I like that word. We're definitely calling this episode shatterproof. I love it. We want to talk about how to make our lives and our businesses shatterproof. How to move from that fragility of, you know, everything in life is like tiptoeing across thin ice. And you're just sure that any moment you're going to break through. That's no way to live. That's no way to be. And so I hope, I really want, wish, and pray that your life is shatterproof. That you are not finding yourself shattered, but rather you're finding yourself living and thriving and being all that you can possibly be. So if this is a new concept or if that word didn't appeal to you as much as it did to me, let me explain to you what I'm talking about. We live our lives sometimes in a way that anything can destroy it. The lightest breeze of something in our lives comes along and it destroys all that we are and all that we do. Before you know it, we find ourselves on the ground, on the floor, crying. And maybe you're in your chair bawling your eyes out. Maybe nobody around you knows, but inside you're shattered. Now, we could be talking about something emotional. We could be talking about your business is chugging along and then COVID hits. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, everything that I've been working for, wanting for, wishing for, it's shattered. It is no longer. Or at the very least, when we first look at it, it doesn't look like it's anything like what we had planned. And we find ourselves shattered. Today we want to talk about how to create shatterproofed lives, how to create a shatterproof business so that your money keeps flowing, so that your finances are in really good order, so that your life isn't driven by the winds and the whims of the world, but rather you're the master of your ship at the helm, getting things done and thriving in all that you do. I really do want to see you thrive in everything that you do in your life and business. And living on the cusp of living, walking on eggshells, trying to tiptoe carefully through the things so that the ground beneath us doesn't just fall out and we find ourselves free falling. That's no way to live. We need to rise above that kind of a thing and really live in a place where we're shatterproof. Because then we can have abundance, we can have blessings, we can thrive. And ultimately, isn't that why we're here today, is to learn how we can thrive in our lives and in our businesses. So let's uh, jump in, we're gonna do our commercial real quick, and then we're gonna go into some amazing guests 
here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. All right, let's jump right into shatterproofing ourselves, our lives, our business. Let's talk with our first really great guest and learn about meaningful and impactful life and work and really being set up for success in all that we do in such a way that we're not shattered, but we thrive. Join me in welcoming Tony Martinetti. Hey, Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Did I get your name right? Perfect. All right. Yay. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah. So I'm a coach, um, a leadership coach who works with a lot of people in different industries. But uh, most of all, what's important to me is helping people to find more meaningful impact in their work and in their life. Um, I help them to uh, take more action and inspire them to see new possibilities in their life. So I have a good buddy of mine that um, he actually he actually is not self-employed. He has a, full, a really good full-time job, and he's been struggling a lot lately with work-life balance. Is that one of the things that you help people with? Yes, I you know I always cringe when I hear work-life balance, but um, because that term has been way overused. But I like to think of it as finding more fulfillment in life, um, and knowing when to um, put more. Um, force on to the work and then when to put it back so you can have more of that uh, emphasis on life, <laughs> if mm. you will. Well, and in his particular case, he is very specifically working with the fact that, um, and he actually worked before from home before COVID, but mm. um, especially now with some cutbacks that happened, he works for a, a large law firm. And with some of the cutbacks that have happened, he now not only is working eight to five, you know, with an hour lunch, but then he's also, uh, you know, working about three, four hours every evening as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and he needs to figure out an elegant way to not do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think that's a lot of a very common thing these days uh, because there are no boundaries. The boundaries have now been removed when people are working from home. And with that, um, there's an element of how do you keep on finding ways to insert throughout the day uh, elements of being human and being an employee um, at the same time. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of ideas and I'm, I'm happy to share some of my, uh, my thoughts around this if you like. The big one becomes, you know, because a lot of companies are experiencing cutbacks, right? Mm. Um, and uh, although he's a senior level, he's not C-suite, but he's a senior level executive for the company in his department, um, you know, there's that fear of if I push back too much and say, hey, I just, mm. I can't work another four hours at night on top of what I'm getting paid for, that they'll just replace him. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, that fear is real and um, it makes people want to, you know, push even harder on themselves. And um, this is why 
I want to go to those companies that push and say, you know, these are people and these people are the lifeblood of your organization. Um, there's only so much you can ask for somebody, especially these are times that are not like they used to be. We're not in normal work um, times. So um, when people are feeling that fear that my, my job's at risk, um, I start to think about what is most important to you? What are the things that you really um, would want to make sure you put out into the world? And what I mean by that is that if you feel that there's a fear of speaking up, then maybe it's time to think about the conversations that you're holding back with yourself and with the people around you. And think about what it would be like to have that conversation with the people in your organization to say, this is what's important to me. This is what I need right now. So for the most part, if I'm hearing you correctly, you would really love to work with the whole corporation and help them do that. But do you work with individuals on stuff like this too? Yeah. It's a, you know, when I came into this world of coaching, I really thought of it as um, I want to look at the problem from two different places. I want to work with the individual to help them to speak up and use their voice to get what they really want. Because um, unless you um, say what you want, you can't get what you want. Um, but I also want to make sure that uh, it comes from the organizations and from the top to think about it. How can I create an environment that truly shows the employees that I care? Um, people often talk about employee engagement. I have taken that whole employee engagement and thrown it out. And I said, I want employee enrichment. What would it be like for people to come to an organization and realize that I am going to be leaving this organization or not leaving this organization a better human, a better person, because they've invested in me and developing me and making me into a better person, not just a better employee. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's take both ends since you work with both. What does the individual who needs to speak up, what, what do they do to have that uncomfortable conversation in a way that doesn't make them spend the next week worrying that they're going to get fired? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, it's connecting with what is important to them and understanding, okay, well, you know, what is the worst that could happen for them? You know, is it really that they would lose their job? And um, are they making that up for themselves? Is it something that's being constructed in their head? Or do they feel like this is a real fear that is founded in some facts? Um, once they can start to understand the fear that they're facing, then what they can do is they can construct a conversation that could start with, these are the, the facts that in my, in my uh, world, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what's on my plate. This is what I'm ha I have going on in my world. And I don't want to um, be of disservice to you or to anyone else. And that includes my family or whoever else that, they, that is important to them. Um, having that conversation takes a lot of courage. But by preparing and getting yourself bought in first, because you're, you're selling yourself first, you can't tell anyone else anything you don't believe in yourself. Um, once you've done that and you've started to get the courage that you can say, I know what I want to say, I know why it's important, and I'm not attached to the outcome. In other words, if the message is so important to me that I'm okay either way to what happens at the end, that this is the message you want to put out there. You want to sell yourself on the idea that this is so important to me that I speak up that if I don't speak up, it will, it will be painful to me. In other words, people often say that the pain of staying in the same situation is greater than, than the pain of changing. Mm. There are so many good nuggets in there. I should have like been taking notes myself. <laughs> I'll go back on the, on the recording when I'm doing the post-production and I'll write some of those down. I may even have to steal a couple of those phrases. Those are good. I promise I'll give you credit for it for as many years as I could remember that it was from you. <laughs> steal like an artist, they say, right? <laughs> so from the company standpoint, so we're in a, 
really weird place. I mean, I think maybe the words, world's always weird. We're just a little more aware of it now. But um, how does a company approach with a specific, I mean, any of the employees, but especially with a specific employee, with the difficult conversations like that, that are especially things that, you know, the employee just doesn't get it. You don't want to lose the employee, but they don't understand why what is going on is so important. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first thing that I think of is this. If this is one employee that is ha- speaking up and, and saying what's on their mind, or there's one employee who's experiencing hardships, you can almost guarantee that there's more than one employee having this problem. Um, and again, I'm not trying to paint it as if like there may be just an employee who's, who's a bad apple um, in, in, in the um, organization. And you have to make sure you're seeing it through the right lens. But the reality is you have to have a good sense of how people are experiencing the environment and make sure you truly understand the environment that you've created. So are people feeling, you know, as the term has been used many times over, psychologically safe to speak up and say what's on their mind and to, to bring issues to the, to the table that they feel are important to them. If they don't feel safe to speak up, then you might as well, you know, basically be running with robots because that's what you have. You have robots with no original thinking that don't bring anything to the table. They're fearful of you. And that's not leadership. That's dictatorship. And so what you want to create is for starters, an environment that people do feel, feel safe, that you truly understand that no one individual is going to be sitting there and, you know, um, cowering in the corner saying, if I speak up, I will be shot down or in fear of what the repercussions are. Um, it doesn't mean that you want everyone to speak um, without any repercussions. Like, you know, there's no amount of um, filter. Um, it's just giving them the floor and respecting them for that. Open communication and respect is so huge. Um, yes. What would you say is the biggest barrier to really good communication inside of companies? Yeah, well, it starts with trust. I think that's the foundation. And the biggest barrier is that um, people don't trust each other in the workplace because it hasn't been established from the get-go. And it's not that there's a lot of ill intent. It's just that um, not enough time is spent investing in that foundation or it hasn't been nurtured over time. So um, that's the one thing that is really important that a lot of leaders miss out on is that they don't understand the the amount of time and effort that goes into um, creating and maintaining that um, level of trust and the ability to be open with their people throughout the time of building an organization. As a leader, how do you, I mean, I think it probably changes the larger the company gets, of course, but how do you really begin establishing trust with people? Yeah, well, it's, it's about how you bring yourself into the room and how you show up. Um, it's kind of using the old adage, you know, leading by example, by you showing that you are uh, a person who is fully uh, showing up as an authentic, original person, who's got flaws, who has the, um, doesn't have all the answers, that um, you're not bringing this air of, I'm above you. We are all uh, not equals, but we're all um, humans together. We can make mistakes. Um, by modeling that way, you build trust. You show people that you are real. Um, so that's a starting point of trust. And then it's also about having ongoing conversations with people and showing them that you care about what they think, that you care about who they are as an individual, and you care about them and what they're up to in their world, that they're in their personal world. It's not about, you know, hey, every single conversation has to be about their personal lives, but it's about, you know, caring about how they're showing up themselves and um, investing in who they are as individuals. 
I got one more, maybe deeper question for you. How Please. do we as a leader help a person know what their purpose is and then live highly in their passion? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, really to help somebody to find their purpose, um, it's, it's really about this. I mean, no one person can really, um, you know, each person has to find their purpose on their own. So all we can do as leaders is to help them to experience more, to get out there and take more risks so they can discover it for themselves. Um, so give them opportunities to spread their wings, to, to create things, to make mistakes, um, because they're not going to find their purpose by doing the same things over and over again. Um, it's just not going to happen. So the reality is purpose comes from trying and experiencing and, you know, just continuing to do things that you, helps you to discover this is what I'm meant to be doing. That is so good. There is so much more, Tony, that a person needs to do with you. We, I don't even know if I can call it scratch the surface. We scratched the scratch on the surface <laughs> of this issue. Um, what can people do if they want to go deeper with you? Yeah, um, they, they're, you know, they can definitely reach out any, um, on any of the social media channels that I'm on, but the best place is probably to um, reach out to me on my um, website, which is inspiredpurposecoach.com and um, can get on a chat and just um, see what's, see what's happening for them. Perfect. Um, and give us your, your URL, your Facebook, those kind of things so that people can contact you. Absolutely. So the URL I'll set, I'll give it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, but the, it's basically inspiredpurposecoach.com. So. Perfect. I appreciate it. Well, Tony, thanks so much. Um, give us one thing that the person could do right now after listening to just this little bit we touched on to be yeah. able to live a life of purpose. Yeah. What the, I always say this, expand your vision. So step back, expand your vision, and then narrow your focus. What I mean by that is by t stepping back, see a see a broader picture but then once you see a broader picture come in and and narrow down on what you need to execute on it's a good way to focus that is perfect well tony thanks for so much for spending some time with us here on the show today thank you it's been a pleasure i hope that you will take that through this next commercial break Begin to start making some notes for yourself. We're going to continue on after this break and build on where we were to learn even more about shatterproofing our businesses to keep money in our pockets. So that'll be fun. Right after this commercial break, don't go away. We'll be right back on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about shatterproof 
Are our lives, are our businesses shatterproof? And if not, how can we shatterproof them so that we don't have things that destroy us, but rather even when difficulties come, we are empowered in them. We can shatterproof our business and even learn how to keep our profits. Join me in welcoming Scott Ribe. How are you today, Scott? I'm great. It's uh, awfully hot here in Texas, but other than that, I'm doing really well. Oh, yeah. It's really hot here in Southern California right now, too. <laughs> we'll be glad for fall, won't we? Yeah, it's, this 108 heat, heat index is just not easy. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that I live up in the mountains, so it's a little cooler here than um, oh, nice. there. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, I'm a... Uh, I'm a father and husband. I've been married uh, 29 years, going on 30. I have two boys that are, one's 18 and one's 21. Um, they're both thriving in, uh, in their lives. One's married and has just graduated from college and the other has uh, just started at Oral Roberts University. And, you know, that's uh, kind of my primary role. And then my side gig, I guess, is that I'm a, a lawyer and what I call legal coach. And I've been doing that for 23 years, helping uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, what I call shatterproof their business so that they can keep the profits that they're you know, trying so hard to get. Ooh, I want to hear more about that. So shatterproof their business. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah, definitely. The, um, the shatterproof process comes from the idea of shatterproof glass. Right? Everywhere we live, we're kind of surrounded by this glass everywhere, and all of it is shatterproof. And this all started um, back in World War I when the gas masks weren't working. If something shrapnel hit the gas mask and cracked it, then the gas would come on it, come in the mask. So they started using this shatterproof glass so that when something hit them in the face, which is very likely in war, uh, it wouldn't crack the mask. It would just mark the mask and then they could keep fighting. And so it's the same thing uh, with business. Always have different vehicles. Um, that are you know, our dream business, but they all have these windshields that will get marked up when the bugs, uh, the bugs of business hit that window or rocks hit the window. We want them to mark that window instead of coming through and hitting us in the face and making us crash. And so by putting the right legal structures and systems in place and having on-demand access to legal information, you can minimize those things and not get derailed. And so we help our clients with that process of creating the right structure, operating in the right structure, using good business and legal systems so that they're, they can minimize their risk and minimize the problems. Because with, there's something like 20 million lawsuits every year. So it's no longer if you're going to get sued. If you're in business, it's just a matter of time before there's a legal dispute. And so we need to be set up in a way that is shatterproof so that it doesn't ruin our business. It may be, be a small problem, that we can deal with. Make sense? Absolutely. So um, what kind of systems are you talking about? You're talking about like making your company an LLC versus a corporation or what other kind of things um, are included in that? That's definitely one of them. Um, and with our access program, we help our clients with all of them. But uh, one of the things is you want to set a solid foundation for your business. And that would be using the right corporate structure which would be, for example, like you said, an LLC or a corporation. It could also mean that you need multiple entities depending on the type of business you have. Right? You might need to have an asset holding company to protect your big assets if you're in construction and have all these big assets. Or if you're a speaker, trainer, or coach, and you have all this intellectual property that is the base of your business, you might need a holding company to protect that and then an operating company that does business with the public. And so this depends on each business. And so we do a customized plan for our access clients so that they can make sure that they're set up the best way for protection. And then we always work as a team with their tax people, because I only play a tax lawyer on TV, to make sure that it's a tax efficient structure. I don't want to create some behemoth that doesn't let them work efficiently. So we always work as a team to make sure that can happen. Ooh, that's good. So really, um, it isn't a one size fits all. Really, every person's company is a little bit unique and and although some of the instruments are the same, everybody needs something a little different. Is that what I heard you say? That's exactly right. Everyone needs something, though. You really you hit the nail on the head there. 
you shouldn't be running as a sole proprietorship. It's that's those days are over because you have to have separation between your business and your personal life. And the corporation or the LLC are the, is the vehicle that gives that to you. Otherwise, when something goes wrong in business, it's going to be your name in bold print that's on that lawsuit. So then when you go to refinance your house or buy a new house, you're going to get a big surprise when the, the mortgage companies say that you can't borrow money because you're in litigation or you have a judgment against you in your name. If you have an LLC or corporation, they don't sue you. They sue the entity and then you're left out of it. So your personal life can go on, which uh, if, if you're married like I am, your spouse will be very happy that you haven't messed up their personal life just because you made a business mistake. Oh yeah, and we want to keep the wife happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy wife, happy life is yeah. what I've learned. And so you've got to really put these things in place because you know business isn't, um, you hear the, them say business isn't personal. It is, that's not true. Business is very personal. You're in business for one reason, and that's to secure or obtain your life goals or dreams. And those are different for everyone, but they're super important. And so if you're going to do this thing called business, then you need to do it right. And most entrepreneurs aren't. They're having what, what Gerber called an entrepreneurial seizure. And then they just take off and they eventually figure out that they're a slave to their business. They don't know what they're doing. They've just become a, a, a glorified employee. It's the age old concept of quitting your 40 hour a week job so that you can work 90. You bet. <laughs> So, and this is totally an unfair question. I know it before I even ask it, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, what, if you had to pick one thing, what is the most important of the systems that need to be set in place? Yeah. So in my, in my five strategies to shatterproof your business book, the, the first, uh, the first thing that you need to do is establish a key team of advisors, almost a personal board of directors. One of those people needs to be, uh, you need to have a lawyer on demand, right? You have to have a relationship and you need to have that information on demand. Another is you need to have a CPA or a really good accountant um, that you have a relationship with where you're having regular meetings and you also have emergency type access so that you can make sure you have good sound financial systems. The next thing you need is an insurance uh, relationship. So you need a broker that can make sure that you're being covered with the right insurance coverages, or at least are educated and know what's available because you may not be able to afford it right now, but you need to know so that you can start moving towards that in the future. And then last, but no, well, next would be a banker. And a lot of people confuse this. It's not a bank. There's a bank on every corner these days. Most of them are staffed with people that have never, they have to have shave yet. They're so young and they are not there six months. So you need to find a bank where you can build a relationship with the bank the banker, the uh, administrative staff, the tellers, so that when you need help in your business on the money side, you have somewhere to go to. You have a cell phone number that you can call, you can text and say, hey, I need a line of credit. Hey, I need to write this check today and I can't make the deposit until tomorrow. Those things happen in business. And if you don't have that relationship, you can't do it. And then last but not least, uh, you need to have a business coach. You need to have someone in place to help you with the map for your journey so that you're not out there alone. And we drive around now with these fancy phones with GPSs that tell us, you know, turn right, turn left, 500 feet. We need that as a business owner to have someone with that bird's eye view of our business that can tell you that you're approaching a right-hand turn or you're approaching a hazard, take a detour. And with that business coach that brings that team together, and now you've got a board of advisors that can help you put together the rest of the systems and structures. So those are five really great things. And I agree completely with you that um, you should have all five of those. I even thought of a couple more that you could add to the list, but I suppose, you know, you could go on and on, <laughs> right? Um, but in your experience, so you tell the people the five things, and of course it'd be best if they just did it. But instead of that, what you end up with is they skip one of them or more. Um, what is the one of those five that people tend to skip the most? The, it's the next, the next strategy, which is to document everything. So every deal you should be documented. So if you have a customer, you need to have an agreement. 
It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, there's key things to have in each agreement, but you need to have an agreement. Agreements and contracts keep honest people honest. So you have vendor agreements. You need to have employee agreements. You need to have quote forms that you can archive so that if there's a question later, uh, you can look at it. You need to have corporate minutes or LLC minutes so that you can go back and show the IRS that you've conducted yourself as a separate legal entity. You have to document all those things. And what I find are that people are still doing the handshake deals and aren't crossing their T's and dotting their I's with a legal agreement. And again, it's not that hard and you can do it through an email if you're careful and put all your deal points in the email and get a good confirmation back, but you have to document your deals. Mm, so important. How many times do you have somebody that comes to you as a lawyer and says, yeah, but we were really good friends. Oh yeah. Perfect example. Uh, a business coach um, that was, is in an access, our access program told me a story This was before he came on board that he was doing an event with another business coach who he had known a long time, good friends, and they were going to split everything evenly expenses. And then when the money came in, they just split the profit. They did the event. The event was successful. My guy did his part. And then when the money is time to split, the other guy splits instead of giving him the money. And this is someone he had a personal relationship with and they had no documentation of what the deal was. So the, he really had no case. The guy just took the money, it ran on his credit card, card merchant account, and he never heard from him again. If he'd had a simple written agreement for that joint venture, then you could take it into court and get a very clear decision if, the, if it was worth it, if there was enough money at stake, or call the person and, and say, hey, pull up this document that we both signed, and let's walk through it because I think that we've forgotten a few things. But without it, you're lost. That is so perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go back for just a second to the five things that you mentioned because I know you're a lawyer. Um, and uh, I know a lot of times people don't have that relationship you talked about with a lawyer that's on demand. You know, they kind of only go find a lawyer when they really are, you know, it's too late, right? Should have gotten them before. Um, how expensive is that really? It always feels like maybe I watch too much TV, but it always feels like it's a really expensive endeavor. You know, uh, I agree. It generally is an expensive endeavor. Um, and in 2012, we made a, a big push to change that and to do ask business clients to make a paradigm shift with us because the problem has been that everyone has viewed lawyers and law firms as emergency rooms for business. Well, everyone knows that an emergency room is the most expensive place to go to get medical treatment. Even if you have insurance, your copay is higher, everything's higher. You're going to spend a lot of money. Well, the same thing with law firms. If you use them as an emergency room, it's going to be expensive. But if you could have a plan ahead of time, for how much you're going to pay them, what services you get for that money. Then when you need them for a small issue every week, every month, you're communicating with them, they're taking your temperature, they're taking your pulse of your business to make sure everything's okay. Then you minimize those problems. And we're able to do that in our access program for as little as six fifty a month. That is really cheap compared to, and I don't mean cheap, but I mean inexpensive. Yes. Um, compared to what I've paid in retainer fees. <laughs> sure. So it's six fifty a month. Three to five thousand dollars in retainer to work on a project, and then they're going to bill you between three and five hundred dollars an hour, depending on the part of the country and the expertise of the lawyer. Um, and I, I really think that's a losing proposition for the client. Because the lawyer, if they control both the rate uh, and the time spent on the project, that's too much control. And so I'm not saying that lawyers will do that on purpose, um, but some will. Uh, will spend more time on your project than it took just because they know it will make them more money. Why should they be different than you, Mr. Entrepreneur, who has to quote a price for a project, bring that project in on budget to make money? And if you are over budget, you lose money. So we work that way here at Reblaw. We have a monthly subscription plan called the Access Plan that starts at six fifty a month. And then for other projects or for people that aren't Access clients, we do a, 
a flat fee where we estimate the cost and then we stick to it. And one of our core values is we do what we say. So when we bid a project and we're wrong, then we lose money. Um, we don't do that very often because we've become very good at estimating the time it will take us to complete it so that we can make a profit. And that's how business should work. But if you, but you have to do that in advance. If you go to find a lawyer when you're in the middle of a hurricane, it's the same thing as trying to buy plywood at that time. It's going to be hard to find. And if you find it, it's probably expensive. So nail down these relationships with your lawyer now when the seas are calm so that when you need it, you know how much it's going to cost. They know you, you have a good regular relationship with primary care that minimizes your problems and gives you a, a real budgeted legal expense at a reasonable rate. So Scott, for people who want to jump into this service, um, where do they go? You know, we've got a special website just for our listeners today. That is the uh, reblaw.com. That's our website. So R-E-I-B-L-A-W.com forward slash thriving entrepreneur. And if they'll go there, then we've got for free for them a 20 minute laser legal coaching session with me, not my teammates, but me. And you'll get a free copy of the book we've been talking about, the ebook, Five Proven Strategies. And download that for free at reblaw.com forward slash thriving entrepreneur. And you can always find me on Instagram at the Scott Reeb and on Facebook at the Scott Reeb. So Scott, what uh, parting words of advice would you like to give to the listeners that they could take action on right now? Become proactive about your business and write down a list of action steps that you're going to take after you listen to this today for putting together that team of advisors now before you need them so that you have got the advice you need on demand to make good decisions for your business in the future. I love it. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thanks You're for welcome. being on the show with us here today. It was a blast. Steve, thanks for having me. I hope that you took notes and that you are already thinking of ways that you can use what you just learned from Scott to be able to really shatterproof your business and keep those profits flowing. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. We wouldn't be okay finishing off this episode if we didn't talk a little bit about our finances, get a little bit of financial advice, and find out how we can be solid so that we're not easily broken, that we're not driven financially by the waves of time, but that we can show up in all that we do in our lives. Okay, let's go to our next great guest. Join me in welcoming John Stodge. Hi, John. How are you doing today? Um, really, really good. Um, and uh, I realized that I forgot to tell you how to pronounce my name, which is always a a a, a 
key element of meeting anyone. Um, so it's pronounced John Stoy, and, I, and I've lived with that uh, mispronunciation throughout my Stoy. almost 50 years so far. <laughs> okay, well, then join me in welcoming John Stoy. Sorry about that, John. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, you know, I really need to put it in my signature line on my, on my, uh, on my emails. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Wow. Wow. Tell us a little bit. I feel like this is an interview question. Um, so, so I'm a, I'm a financial planner and advisor here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I more recently within the last few years transitioned uh, back to the workforce. Uh, I was a stay at home dad for uh, about four years after my uh, son was born. My wife is a physician, and so her schedule, way too demanding. Um, I had a business that I was able to basically sell um, in order to stay home uh, with, our, with our son. And that was the decision we made as a family. Um, as he started to get ready to go to school, um, mainly by the time he got to kindergarten, uh, I started to make plans to again, to, work, to return to the workforce um, and to figure out a way that I thought I could give back um, and, and take the greatest advantage of, of my skill set uh, and, and do the most for uh, potential clients. Perfect. So if I understand correctly, you work now as a fiduciary financial advisor. Is that correct? I, yes, I am. So, so I am a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a flat fee uh, financial advisor, um, flat fee, fee only, um, definitely fiduciary. Um, and it's funny that you bring that up because of that's, 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 that's sort of one of my hot buttons without a doubt. Um, I think that word has lost a little bit of its meaning over the last, uh, five years, maybe, maybe even a little more, um, as companies, bigger companies, especially have learned how to use it and they can, um, twist it to, to, to make it mean what they want it to mean. But it, but it should mean that you, um, whether you're a financial uh, advisor or, or, you know, a professional in any capacity, it should just mean that you are acting only in your client's best interest. And there should not be a question uh, of that. But I know a lot of fiduciary, um, a lot of people that call themselves fiduciaries, I believe do things that, that still are not necessarily in their client's best interest. So for people who aren't familiar with fee-only financial advisors, explain to us a little bit about how that works. Sure, sure. So um, the financial services industry, um, it's, got, um, it's kind of gotten a bad rap um, over the years, and I think it's a well-deserved uh, bad rap. Uh, the, the, the industry started a long time ago, Wall Street brokers, um, and frankly, insurance salesmen um, who got together and decided to call themselves advisors instead of brokers or insurance salesmen. And um, they made all their money by selling products to people. So the stock brokers would so sell stocks or mutual funds and the insurance salesmen would sell whole life policies or, or different types of, of, of guaranteed, uh, quote unquote, guaranteed um, cash value policies, uh, all of which provided them with a nice income through commissions. Um, eventually, uh, people got wise to that. Uh, and although there are still plenty of commission-based salesmen out there selling insurance and selling uh, mutual funds and stocks, uh, the industry started going towards um, what they call fee-only and fiduciary in order to basically give clients and customers um, a better sense, uh, more confidence, I should say, that, that the person that they're working with is, again, acting in their best interest as opposed to just simply trying to sell them whatever product would, would make them the greatest commission. And so <clears throat> fee only came about because advisors didn't want to any longer be, be, have their income based on whether they could sell a certain product to a client. And so Instead, they came up with the idea of charging clients um, some portion of their invested assets. So uh, a percentage of the client's assets under management would be, would be paid to the advisor 
uh, every year. And so that's called the AUM model, assets under management. And so that was a way to relieve the advisors from having to sell the, the clients anything. Um, and it was, a, and, and certainly opens them up to being able to, with a, with a sort of a clear conscience, sign a, a fiduciary oath. A lot of them like to do that to say they'll only act in their client's best interest. And because they're fee only, they'll only act in their client's best interest. Um, and, you know, definitely stop me if I'm going a little too deep into this. Um, but the, the next thing that sort of happened over the last, I want to say five to 10 years, but it, it's really started to grow uh, more recently, is that a small cadre of, of advisors started to realize that the fees that were generated um, by these percentage-based assets under management um, schemes could really get massive um, over time as people's investments grew. Uh, and, you know, frankly, the, the amount of work that it takes to advise a client um, on a, a $5 million portfolio, say, is, is, no, is no different than it is a $500,000 portfolio. So not much reason to pay for the client to pay an advisor 10 times as much in annual fees, um, which is what would happen under the, under the AUM model. And so, so some, some folks started to move to um, a flat fee. And, and that is, that's basically the, the thing that allowed me to get into this sector of the industry. Because I spent the first 20 years of my, of my working career in finance um, as an investment banker and as a as an investment manager for um, large firms like ING and SunTrust, um, we uh, I, I ended up managing close to four billion dollars at one point um, of 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 client funds. But that was all on the on the on the business side, on the institutional side. Uh, I wanted to give back, or at least I wanted to help people stop getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Uh, and that's what led me to create my my firm verbatim financial in the in the way that I did as a flat fee advisor. Well, perfect. So what would you say is the biggest thing that new investors struggle with understanding? Well, it depends on how new you mean, but i I think that I'll, 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 I'll take the new out of that. And I think it applies to everybody. I think one of the, the, the things that most and investors struggle with is that um, they're not in control of the market and neither are the portfolio managers, whether they want to pay them um, to try to uh, pick complicated portfolios of, of investments for them uh, or not. Um, so the market gives and the market market taketh away. Uh, you want to be invested, but if you think that you're going to come up with some kind of uh, magic formula to prevent yourself from losing in a down market um, and outperform the market in an up market, um, you know, long term, that's 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 not a that's that's not a bet you you want to take. So, what is the biggest piece of advice you could give a person who um, wants to really up level their portfolio? So, the biggest piece of advice is to basically follow the KISS principle, um, basically keep it simple um, and keep the fees that you're paying out of your investment portfolio as low as possible. So um, there are so many options nowadays that, that weren't really around um, or well-known uh, that long ago. Um, uh, John uh, Vogel, we had Vanguard created the first index fund in the 70s, but it wasn't very popular for, for quite a while. Um, and an index fund or uh, what people like to call passive uh, investing versus active in management, um, that's, 
that's become only more recently uh, sort of a, a more popular way to, to invest your money in, in, the, in the markets. But I think it's, it's, great. it's a great way to do it. Um, the fees can be extremely low. You don't want to be paying, ideally, a mutual fund manager to shift around the holdings in whatever fund that you're that you've got there, whether it be it a stock bond, stock fund or a bond fund. Um, every time they make moves, um, it costs you money. And so, if you could basically avoid paying as much money out of your portfolio, your investment portfolio as possible, um, that those those savings will pay a a, a dividend uh, that just grows through the magic of compounding every year. That's awesome. So John, people who would like to go deeper with you, how can they get in contact with you? Um, well, the best way is, is you could go to my website uh, is uh, verbatimfinancial.com. Um, it has some blog posts that I try to update fairly often. Um, and uh, I am for better or worse on most uh, social media, but and you can connect to that and people can connect to that through, uh, through the website. And that's verbatimfinancial.com. Sure is. All right. Well, John, I really appreciate you spending some time on the show with us here today. Well, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. I don't know about you, but I feel up-leveled. I'm so grateful for all of our guests, all they shared with us, and helping us be in a place where we can live shatterproof, where we don't have to worry about what's coming next because we have set up our lives, we have set up our businesses to be taken care of and to weather even through storm. Stuff happens, we know it does. I'm not even going to try to con you into believing that there aren't things that happen in life, but you really truly can be in a place where you can live shatterproof, where you can make it through, where you know that there's more and that there's better, and that you not only are just coming out on the other end, but that you're going to thrive in all that you do, that you're going to be an overcomer. You're going to succeed in ways that you maybe right now can't even imagine because you're shatterproof. And because you are uniquely brilliant, you were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. I hope you know and understand how important you are to the world, how impactful what you does, what you does, what you do is to the world, and you will allow life, the universe, the world, and everything else to really rise up to meet the things that you do each day, to be open as each day dawns to the possibilities that are out there that are going to come to us as we live shatterproofed, but as we live thriving, as a thriving entrepreneur in all that we say and all that we do. I hope until we're together again next time, you are happy, safe, warm, and loved and that you live an amazing life and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.